It is with heavy hearts that we at the Baba Yaga Project bring you this episode. We had been excited to publish the second part of our Swamps episode, diving into the life of wetlands in North America. With recent news, however, we could not in good conscience discuss North America without reflecting on the U.S. Supreme Court decision that has overturned Roe v. Wade. We at the Bobby Yaga Project believe in every person's right to bodily autonomy and healthcare in the broadest sense of those terms. Each person has the right to make free and informed decisions about their body and has the right to care that ensures that they can live the healthiest life possible. As such, we are taking our time today to talk through this ruling, contextualize it, and give you, our listeners, some clear advice on how to move forward. To start, what was the Roe v. Wade decision and why was it so important? In 1973, in his majority opinion on Roe v. Wade, Justice Harry A. Blackman held that a set of Texas statutes criminalizing abortion were unconstitutional. The case was brought by Norma McCorvey, a 21-year-old woman pregnant with her third child who had been recruited by lawyers Sarah Weddington and Linda Coffey. While there is much to be said about this case and others which deal with the right to abortion in the United States, the major implications of the decision were as follows. Namely, that restrictions on abortion before 15 weeks violated a woman's constitutional right to privacy and that only a, quote, compelling state interest, end quote, would justify any regulations that limit such fundamental rights. It's important to understand how this opinion operates. The decision breaks down a pregnancy along the lines of trimesters, evaluating what could be considered the state's interest to protect a pregnant person's life and health and the interest to protect what was called the potential life. The court established the point of viability, or the point after which a fetus could live outside the womb, approximately 24 weeks, as the point after which the state has an interest in preserving the potential life of the fetus. A later case would revise this decision to say that the state could not put, quote, undue burden, end quote, on a person seeking an abortion. This was the shift from the system of review that was used in Roe, known as strict scrutiny. Strict scrutiny is a system system of review that is used to determine if the government has a compelling governmental interest in a past law and determines that that law has been narrowly tailored enough to prevent discrimination against a protected class. So exactly what has happened? What is this case in 2022 and how does it affect the constitutional rights in the United States? The decision of Dobbs v. Jackson's Women's Health Organization was handed down on June 24th, 2022 or last Friday. Quote, the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion, end quote, and, quote, the authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives, end quote. The case centers on Mississippi law banning abortion after 15 weeks or when there's a detectable fetal cardiac movement. Majority opinion, written by Justice Alito, makes many claims about abortion, the law, and history. I'll be speaking to claims made on all these fronts, but hold that the opinion of the Bobby Yaga Project on the question of historical merit is one of experts who study the field. Justice Alito claims that the Roe ruling should never have been made as it did not have enough standing on the constitutionality of a right to privacy and claims that there was no such right implied in the Constitution. Given that this right is not implied in the Constitution to be upheld as law, it would have to be made clear that it is a right that has historically been upheld in Anglo-American common law. This, he claims through very specific quotations, has not been the case. As shown in our episodes on abortion and miscarriage, Justice Alito here takes legal writings out of linguistic and historical context. The understanding of when and if a woman was pregnant was not as firm and as easily decided as in our modern world of at-home pregnancy tests. 
Even now, there are some debates about the, quote, moment of conception. The understanding of what the term abortion means has changed over time. Alito does not address this fact, nor does he address the difference between what is written in legal history, what is done in legal practice, and what is done outside the eyes of men of the legal profession. He also doesn't take into account the numerous primary source documents that show a general acceptance and common practice of abortion even as we understand it today, throughout the periods that he cites. Then, after basing a significant portion of his argument on this evidence, he claims that the fact that American courts in the 19th century abandoned common law for statutory law on abortion makes the whole point moot. For note, in the 19th century, doctors also thought that women shouldn't ride on trains because the velocity could rip out their uterus. Only their uterus, for some reason. So, while I fully support contextualizing historical medical understanding and values, the Victorians are not exactly peoples from whom to look for guidance in matters of sexual health. So, what does this ruling mean? For Americans in at least 23 states, this means that soon the legal right to an abortion will no longer be protected. 18 states have laws that would ban abortion or severely limit access to abortion. These states and some others have laws with trigger provisions. Um, For example, they automatically go into effect 30 days after Roe is overturned. Um, So there are complete bans on abortion that go into effect after certain conditions are met uh, after Roe is overturned. So there are laws already existing on the books um, that are just in the case of Roe overturning. 30 days after this, this law goes into effect and effectively bans abortion. The 18 states with near total bans on the books are Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Idaho, Kentucky, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, West Virginia, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. While Alito's majority opinion states in its closing paragraphs that this ruling should not be applied to anything other than abortion, Justice Clarence Thomas specifically notes that the court should later hear cases to return to decisions on Griswold, Lawrence, and Obergefell. These are the other decisions that were upheld on the basis of the right to privacy and respectively, they enshrined the rights to contraception, consensual sex, and same-sex marriage. Essentially, the ramifications of this decision are that your right to free consensual sex and sexual health and reproductive health will no longer be protected in the United States. In light of this decision, some Americans are looking at the option of traveling to Canada to access abortion care. This is certainly a good option. Abortion is legal across Canada under the equivalent of Roe, a 1988 case known as R.V. Morgenthaler. There is some irony to the situation we end up in now. Between Roe in 1973 and Morgenthaler in 1988, many Canadians traveled to the U.S. for abortions. Um For some historical context, uh, Dr. Henry Morgenthaler was a Jewish doctor in Montreal, a Holocaust survivor, who channeled some of that trauma into preserving human life and human dignity by fighting restrictive abortion laws. Starting with his first clinic in Montreal, he opened abortion clinics in several major Canadian cities. He was jailed for 10 months in Quebec in the 70s. The Supreme Court decision legalizing abortion federally came from his work in Toronto. 
After that case was heard, he continued fighting provincial restrictions, especially in the maritime provinces of PEI, Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick. He died in 2013 after having received the Order of Canada in 2008. Morgenthaler was a bit of a narcissist. He writes in his memoirs, quote, Imagine single-handedly almost I abolished a restrictive, cruel, barbarous law which caused so much suffering to women across Canada, end quote. This is not strictly true. Many other activists, including many of Canada's largest unions, contributed to the fight. However, it is true that no other doctor was willing to risk their license and livelihood to challenge the law the way he did. This was a man with a complicated legacy. The legal basis of R.V. Morgenthaler is different than Roe. The argument hinged on a right to security of the person and a right to freedom of conscience rather than rights to privacy and equal protection under the law in Roe. However, abortion access varies greatly from region to region. Healthcare standards and criminal law are federal responsibility, but healthcare administration is provincial. The the Morgenthaler decision left Canada without any federal abortion law whatsoever, and provincial legislatures have reproduced or preserved many of the problems that the decision was supposed to end. Health Canada only approved uh, mifepristone for medical abortions in 2015, coming into effect in 2017. Access is generally worse in Atlantic Canada and the territories. Canada's smallest province, Prince Edward Island, has no abortion providers. PEI's closest neighbor, New Brunswick, only has one provider, and you may have to pay for services as the province refuses refuses illegally to provide any funding. Services are available in multiple locations in Nova Scotia, but the system is intentionally impersonal and difficult to access in order to protect providers and clients from attack. Rural and indigenous communities, especially in the north, have limited access to all sorts of medical services. As in the U.S., a large majority of Canadians support abortion access, with a vocal minority strongly opposed. Anti-abortion violence is rare but does occasionally happen. One B.C. provider, Garson Ramallis, was almost killed on two separate occasions. Morgan Toller's Toronto clinic was firebombed in 1992. If you are an American thinking of coming to the North for abortions, you should be aware of a few things. Um, as we've stated above, Canadian healthcare is by no means perfect nor fully socialized. Um, so keep these things in mind. Number one, basically, you have no rights at the border. Uh, Canadian and especially American border guards can search you pretty much however they like. Be paranoid. While Canadian hospitals will not turn you away for any uh, sort of health care, the Canadian government does not pay for non-residents' health care while they're visiting. The Canadian health care system also does not pay for medication that you take outside of a hospital. Um, so plan to pay, pay for any care you might need, not just the abortion itself. Um, waiting lists are occasionally long. You may have to wait in Canada for a while. Despite the federal health minister saying explicitly that Americans could access abortion in Canada, some conservative provinces have said that they will not, and the feds don't seem inclined to make them. Uh, Avoid Saskatchewan in particular, as well as the maritime provinces, um, which are PEI, New Brunswick, and Nova Scotia, where access is generally limited. So importantly, what do we do now that in many states, abortion is only protected for the very wealthy and the wives, daughters, and mistresses of U.S. Congress members? In general, if you are not currently in need of an abortion, the first thing to do is read, learn, and understand. 
Find out what is happening in your state. Know the particular legal codes. Find local abortion funds and get involved in local mutual aid. Um, Second, donate either money or time, preferably both to abortion funds, clinics, and legal representation. Um, We have a list of places to look for to donate in the episode description. Um, If you do go to protest, be safe. Um, Follow basic uh, protest safety. If possible, do not bring your phone. Turn off your location services. Um, If you absolutely have to bring your phone, make sure that it can only be opened with a password. Write a lawyer or legal clinic's phone number on your arm in case you are arrested. Cover any distinguishing features or tattoos. Um, And do not ever, under any circumstances, protesting or not, speak to the police. If you are arrested, again, protesting or not, if you are participating in anything really, um, remember to only say that you are represented by legal counsel, that you want your legal counsel with you before you answer any questions. No matter what, only say that. This goes for any interactions with police ever for any reason. Just don't talk to them, if possible. Um, And most importantly, if you're looking for something to do some way to funnel your anger into positive action. Look for the people who have been doing this for years. Um, Abortion has never been something that has had guaranteed access across the U.S. People have been working under these horrifying systems and situations for a very long time. They know how to do it safely. Um, Contact those people, but be very, very careful as to how you get involved. We want to continue to make sure that the people who are seeking abortion access are kept safe. So um, in light of those thoughts, um, here are um, some basic tips on how to protect your privacy in a post-Roe world. Um, Essentially, this is a list on how to be paranoid. Um, So number one, first, wipe all information from your period tracking apps, pregnancy apps, even migraine tracking apps, any, essentially any health tracking app. You don't want any information on there. Delete all of the information. Um, You might have to contact the app itself, um, the system that is running it to make sure that they delete that information then and only then delete the app um um, if you are concerned about health monitoring um some people online are suggesting using apps based in europe um, or using apps that are for something else like migraine tracking right to like track your period tracking it and something else um don't do this Uh, It will not help if your phone is seized, and it doesn't matter if the data is safe if the phone is seized, and even migraine tracking apps and other health apps can be used to show evidence of changes in your body and health. Um, To track your health, go completely analog by a plain notebook or planner, not one that is specifically marketed as a period tracker, just a generic planner. Track your symptoms, but do not write out the actual symptoms. Instead, use symbols um, or codes. For example, getting lunch, library books due, whatever to make it not obvious. Um, 
If you need to buy a pregnancy test, do not buy it online. Um, in fact, do not buy anything that has to do even tangentially with your reproductive health online. Do not buy it with a credit or debit card. These purchases can be tracked and your bank account and all of these your purchase history can be subpoenaed. Buy it in person with cash. Leave your phone at home so you cannot be tracked. Um, turning off your phone doesn't help here. It can be used as evidence in an aberration your behavior. Leave your phone at home. Um, while buying it, wear a mask and hat with your hair pulled into a bun or tucked under the hat. Wear nondescript clothes, i.e., jeans, a plain hoodie or t-shirt, etc. Make sure all identifiable marks, tattoos, birthmarks, etc. are not visible. Dress like you are going to a protest. Uh, in contrast, buy period supplies as normal. Go to the same place as normal. Use the same card as normal. Buy the same supplies at the same time. Keep the receipts. Remember, keep all of your evidence. Uh, so, and three. When looking for information online, do not just use an incognito window. This is not enough. Um, you need a VPN. There are tons of codes online to find discount VPNs, get ExpressVPN. Um, it's the best one according to CNET. Uh, the other thing that I've also seen suggested is that you really shouldn't use any standard browsers at all. Um, use a VPN and use Tor. Uh, that is the the safest way if you ha absolutely have to look something up. Um, when discussing this online, do not use Twitter or Messenger or anything else. Um, if you need to talk to somebody about the situation um, and you have to send an instant message or um, direct message or private message, only use Signal which or a similarly encrypted end-to-end -end, uh, app and still make sure that the messages are being deleted. So like a um, vanish mode, delete mode, or go through personally and delete everything when you're done talking. Um, also, uh, we're on number five now, <laughs> do as much as possible face-to-face -face rather than online. If you have to speak online, speak in code. This isn't necessarily going to help things, but in case you are on something that is not completely encrypted, um, try and make sure that you're not specifically referencing uh, reproductive services. Um, the less evidence that exists, the better. Um, Six, if possible, get a burner phone or laptop for communication. There are lots of cheap ones out there. When you get the burner phone again, leave your real phone at home, pay cash, and dress like you're going to a protest. Um, if you need to make travel plans, make sure to have an airtight alibi. If you say you're going camping, bring camping supplies and take photos of nature. If you say you're visiting a friend, get pictures with a friend. If you're going there as a tourist, take some selfies with tourist stuff. Make sure you have lots of evidence. You need proof that you were you know, just there to visit, to be a tourist or whatever. You need that proof. Um, involve as few people as humanly possible. Trust almost no one. Do not trust healthcare water workers. Do not trust the person who got you pregnant. Do not trust anyone who doesn't 100% have your best interest at heart. Um, some of these laws 
have essentially bounties built into them. Um, and $10,000 is a lot of money and a lot of people will rat you out for that kind of money. Um, so don't, don't trust your primary care physician. You don't need to tell nurses about this. Um, essentially only tell the people who absolutely need to know anything about you. Um, and again, when seeking help, don't just go to friends, go to a trusted, um, abortion fund clinic, uh, you know, a, an organization that has been set up for a considerable amount of time that knows how to safely make sure that you can get this access. And finally, again, as, uh, we've said before, do not speak to cops ever, um, in the case that you do need to seek help for, seek medical help for a miscarriage. Um, number one, remember the treatment is the same, whether it was a spontaneous abortion, a miscarriage, or if it was an induced abortion. Um, when you go to the healthcare provider, do not tell them you took anything to induce this. Maintain that you did nothing. It is none of their business and it does not matter for your care. Two, if you can manage it, cry, act confused and shocked, act sad that you, quote, lost the baby, divert any suspicion. Um, three, do not admit to taking abortion pills, seeking an abortion, drinking herbal remedies or doing anything physically strenuous. Maintain that this is a shock and that you are very upset about it. Healthcare workers, healthcare workers are legally obligated to report people that they think have tried to induce an abortion or get an abortion from someone um, in a lot of these states. Do not trust them with that information. Um, do not tell them anything more than they need to know, which is simply that you were pregnant and that pregnancy is ending. If you're looking for more information, um, we are going to include a whole bunch of links to uh, clinic services and uh, funds that exist in both Canada and the U.S. in our episode description, also on all of our social medias, and um, in the description. And in the video description of the YouTube video that will have this same script. Um, All of us here at the Babiagic Project share your grief and rage. We hold every person in the US, Canada, and anywhere in the world who is living without access to free bodily autonomy and healthcare in our thoughts. Uh, we are with you, we are in this fight together change has to be made. Thank you for listening. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled season next week, hopefully.